Well, once again, thank you so much to so many people who have helped to put our worship service together um, for Trail Bardell as our liturgist today, um, for our praise team for being our musicians. Um, thank you again so much to everyone who has helped to do this. And if you are interested in helping in any way, if you'd like to be a liturgist or you'd like to provide special music um, or you'd like to learn how to edit, we would love to have you. Um, so once again, thank you to those who have helped and um, to all of you who are discerning your call to help as well. Uh, we're closing out our series today on prayer, talking about how do we pray? And uh, uh, it's a question that we're, that I, I'm often asked as a pastor and, and maybe it's a question that you have asked yourself or maybe you've asked others of how do I pray? And sometimes that question is about who do I pray to? Does God hear my prayers? Does God hear all of my prayers? How does God respond to my prayers? Maybe it feels like, I don't know, I'm just talking into a void. Or maybe it's, I don't know how to pray the right way. Or what is the right way to pray? Or even, how do I just start a routine? What do I need to do? And so we've been looking at these questions throughout this series, looking especially at the Lord's Prayer the last couple of weeks. And so today we close out this series looking at the 23rd Psalm. So as we do that, would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, uh, as we've talked the last few weeks, what is prayer? And prayer is simply having a conversation with God, speaking and listening, uh, listening for that still small voice of God or that loud booming whisper. We hear the voice of God in many different ways. For some, it's an audible hearing of God's voice. For some, that's through other people or even in nature. Um, there are a lot of ways that we experience God and hear God's voice. And so uh, how you may experience God or hear God might be different than the ways that I do or for your friends or your neighbors. But God is always speaking to us. Now, there's a question that um, when I've been on mission trips, especially, um, but usually any small group, I'll ask this question, where did you see God today? It's a question that helps to frame our day a little bit. Um, and once you know the question is coming, sometimes that means that you're looking a little bit more to see uh, where you may see God today. And uh, so where have you seen God today? It was, uh, it was a question that John Wesley asked of the early Methodists also. Uh, where did you see God today? Sometimes uh, I ask the question, how is it with your soul? Uh, which means, uh, which is another question that John Wesley asked the early Methodists, how is it with your whole being? How is it with all that you are? How is it with your soul? And where have you seen evidences of God in your life? Where did you see God today? And we all have a story of where we've seen God. Um, sometimes you've seen God in a large way or sometimes in a small way. Sometimes in some sort of a miraculous way you've seen God and sometimes in an ordinary situation. Where did you see God sometimes today? It's really easy to think about the big ways that you've seen God in the big places or those miraculous things perhaps in the birth of a child or 
a miracle that happened, a good diagnosis, avoiding a car accident. There are a lot of ways that we can see God. And sometimes it is in those big things that we can even look back on our whole lives and see. But there are also small ways that we see God. A flower growing in the middle of a sidewalk, a sunset, a phone call from a friend that came at just the right time. There is beauty in the ordinary. And if you can't find beauty in the ordinary, you won't find beauty in the extraordinary. Sometimes it's just in listening, the sounds of the birds, the water, the wind. The 23rd Psalm is our Psalm for this morning. And the Psalms are like the song book of the Bible. It's a book of poetry that occasionally when I read through the Psalms, I, I feel like I'm peeking into someone's diary or someone's journal. And, and the truth is there's a little bit of truth to that. Um, many of the Psalms were written by David and they were written in response to things that were happening in his life or in the life around him um, and his experiences with God. And the 23rd Psalm is one of those sort of nature psalms um, that invites us to think about God um, through nature. And in the psalm, the psalmist says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Now, the valley of the shadow of death, it does not sound like a comforting place. And the truth is, we know the valley of the shadow of death. We've been there, perhaps grieving a loss, perhaps in times of trouble. The valley of the shadow of death is not an easy place to be in. And sometimes it may feel like that valley is immense and you'll never make it through it. And I think that's why the psalmist doesn't leave us there even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now it doesn't say if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death or maybe I will, even when I do, you are with me. It'd be easy to be swept up in that valley. It'd be easy to be lost in pain and grief and heartbreak. And I think that's why the psalmist doesn't leave us there in the valley but rather says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. God doesn't leave us in the valley of the shadow of death. Even though we walk through it, God is with us. And sometimes in that valley, God is with us, weeping alongside us. And sometimes God is giving us strength and comfort. God is with us at all times no matter what happens in life. There can be joy and God is there. There can be sadness and God is there. There are moments of surprise and delight and God is there. There are moments of whimsy and laughter and God is there. There are moments of peace and calm, and God is there. 
God is with us at all times and in all places. The psalm continues. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. And ultimately in the psalm, you lead me beside the still waters and you restore my soul. Our souls can't be restored unless we're willing to be led beside the still waters. Maybe you're wondering how, how do I get led beside the still waters? Sometimes it takes our own submission to God to recognize that God is God and we are not. And sometimes it's a lot of practice, spiritual practices like breathing, recognizing who God is. Where have you seen God today? It can be done in words or in silence, using tools like reading scripture, playing with art supplies, recognizing the creative person that you are, finger painting, coloring mandalas, yoga, Maybe it's meditation or sharing with someone about a Bible study. Maybe it is silence. There are a lot of practices that we have that help us recognize God and God's still small voice and the ways that God is with us always. Now, when things or just life gets hard, we tend to fall back on things that we know. Sometimes it's lesson or words of wisdom passed on from family members or teachers um, or someone who has inspired us. I always laugh and I always joke um, when we talk about how we learned how to drive. The only lesson that I remember from my dad is not one that he really enjoys me remembering, <laughs> but it's one that I fall back on all the time. Maybe when you're doing something, even if it's something routine, you fall back on the way that you learned. Like when you tie your shoes, do you sing a song or do you have a rhyme that you share? I before E except after C. There's those rituals and traditions and those things that we have that are often tied to songs that help us remember and keep us in the ritual. Now in the church, we have rituals also. We have traditions. We have um, some of those things that help us to remember. It might be singing Jesus loves me or saying the Lord's prayer. Or maybe it's the 23rd Psalm. The 23rd Psalm is a Psalm that's often shared at funerals. And perhaps it's been at a funeral that you've been to or one of your loved ones. And I think that it's often shared at funerals because of the comfort, because it's part of our ritual. It's a part of what we share. It's a part of what we say. I'd been, uh, I'm often called to do funeral services for people who have no faith connection or church connection. And there was one funeral that I was called to do with a family that had no church connection. Uh, and as we talked about um, planning the funeral, they, they really expressed how embarrassed they were by that. Um, that I asked questions like, 
do you have any hymns that you want to sing? And they were embarrassed that they didn't know any. And um, I assured them that their connection to church bared no difference on whether I would do the funeral or we would have it in the church or how I might conduct the service. And I also assured them that just because they didn't know hymns or, or any of the religious language, it didn't mean that God loved them any less. And so as we continued to plan the service, I asked if they had any passages of scripture that they wanted to use. And um, one of them kind of looked and said, oh, I know, the Jesus one would be good. And um, I, I didn't want to embarrass them. I didn't want them to feel any worse or any more embarrassed than they had already felt. Um, but I, I just asked, I said, well, well, which Jesus one? I mean, there's a lot of Jesus passages to use and they're all great. Um, do you have one in particular? And um, it got really quiet and someone said, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe we have a Bible around here somewhere and they sort of scattered around the house to go and look and then they came back empty handed and, and I could feel the embarrassment and I, and I was ready to just move on. I said, no problem, we'll, we'll find something. Um, and then from the corner, there came this little quiet voice and the woman in the corner said, what about that shepherd one? And I said, the shepherd one? And she said, yeah, what about that shepherd one? And I thought for a moment and I went, ah, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And as I started, pretty soon the whole room started saying it with me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And as we finished saying the psalm together, there was a collective amen around the room. And I said, see, you do know scripture. And they each shared about how they had heard that psalm at funeral and how it meant a lot to them. And it was comforting, comforting to hear. Comforting that no matter what, God was with them. No matter what distractions or noise, or emotions, the still raw waters run deep and they restore our soul. Sometimes even when we think we don't know the words, our soul knows. They're down deep inside of us. The words of the still waters. How do we pray? Well, sometimes our soul just knows. And perhaps there are words of ritual or tradition 
like the Lord's Prayer, like Jesus loves me. And perhaps there are words of feeling or need. Help. Thank you. Please. Really? The deepness of God calls to the deepness of us. So how do we pray? We start with the still waters. Amen.